Welcome to the Inspiring Educators Podcast, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. Let's first begin with introductions of our inspiring educators on the best podcast that is out there with the best host. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Lila, the educator motivator coming to you from Los Angeles. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and anything else at Miss Lila Nor. That's at M-S-L-A-I-L-A-N. You are. I'm now an instructional coach at Manual Arts Senior High School in LA, and I'm also the CPM Regional Coordinator for LAUSD. Every week, we like to come to you and bring something that we're grateful for, just so we can keep giving you the good stuff that keeps us going. We want you to think about what's keeping you going. And this week, I'm grateful for change. I used to be really afraid of change, just like I'm sure many other people have been in the past or maybe still are. But I am so happy about the change that's happened in my life. As much as I've tried to avoid it and hit it with the juke move here and there, I finally let it catch me. I finally let it in. And I am ecstatic about the change that's happening in my life that's already happened, that's happened to the people around me. It feels good. It feels great. I love it. I love the way it looks and smells and feels. And I, I just want more of it, more change, more change. <laughs> Awesome. Greetings, everyone. Once again, Coach Jay here, Jadrian Grimes, ATL, Atlanta, Georgia is where I reside. My Facebook, my Twitter, all of the above is my first and last name. That's Jadrian Grimes, J-A-D-R-I-E-N-G-R-I-M-E-S. Hit me up. I may check it. I may not. But hit me up. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Head of Business Operations, North Metro Academy of Performing Arts here in Metro Atlanta. What I'm grateful for today, my sister sent me this picture of my nephew's progress report. And I am so excited. 97, 198, 194, 100. First grader. So I'm excited that he's um, prioritizing his education and his achievement, and I hope he keeps up the great work. Nice. Nice, nice. This is your boy, Dr. Christopher J. Childs, the academic rock star, your favorite teacher, favorite teacher. I would say I'm on all social media platforms, but one of my co-hosts is starting to steal one of my lines. So I'm just going to say I'm on all the platforms that matter. I'm on all the platforms that matter as at DRK Childs. Coming to you live and direct from the FLA, that'd be Florida the number one state in the South, the one number one state in the world, the number one state in the universe. I'm a mathematics specialist doing what I do best, helping people learn and love mathematics. I am grateful for all my, I'm grateful always for my educators that are out there that are listening to this podcast. I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Like, share, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend. To join us, we're going to be talking all sorts of things on the podcast because yes, we are in season two of the podcast. Yes, sir. This week, we've got a hot topic, hot topic. All of our topics are hot, but this one literally is a hot topic because it is on every educator's mind nowadays. I'm going to put it point blank. Schools should not be doing armed shooter drills. Mm-mm. Period. Nothing else to say after that. Gun-related violence in schools is a pervasive issue and has greatly increased in recent years. Although school shootings have occurred since our country was being formed, 
They're on the increase. So now everybody said, we're going to do an active shooter drill. Now, y'all need to stop that crap. Sure. I'm going to go to my co-host, but I don't believe in active shooter drills. And I tell you my thoughts, but I'm going to let them start it off. What are your thoughts on these arms? I remember in school, before they even get started, we had tornado drills and fire drills. That's it. I'll let y'all and here we go with this full like it's 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 hard to have a discussion without getting livid. And this is a, a family podcast where we we keep things clean. But when I start to talk about certain things, it makes me want to cuss. But in this case, I'm hold off because doing a drill is not going to help the people who have mental issues. Why are we not helping or spotting or supporting? the things that are happening with these kids and these adults that need assistance in terms of their mental capacity. It's, it's, it's not making sense. You're trying to somehow help a situation. And and this is, I don't know, I guess going to make people safer when the reality is that people are still suffering with things that are going on. I see, I'm on on all the social media platforms, you see memes. And this one meme that I see every now and then, and it says, teacher, when school, when students are getting bullied, and it's like a straight face, can't see anything, ignoring, like, you know, not reacting. Teachers, when a student takes a phone out, and it's like the person going absolutely berserk and crazy. And I feel like this is what people are kind of doing to the situation a little bit. You're reacting to the idea of, okay, now we need a protector or come up with some sort of mission or, or structure to help when the shooter arrives, but we're not trying to help stop creating shooters. Like, it, does, it's, it, it doesn't make sense. It pisses me off. You want to try blaming video games and, and who I'm, I'm letting stuff slip. Let me go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass it off because I'm angry. As, as you all can see, we're going in on this episode if you're on social media, reach out to us, and we'll definitely love to engage in discussions. Jay, what are your thoughts? <sighs> that was me taking a deep breath, if, if you couldn't hear it. All this is doing, in my opinion, is shining light on shooting, on school shooting. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about nine times out of ten, you doing the drill, the shooter is doing the drill with you. Hmm. Like he's already there doing your drill. So at a, whatever point that he or she thought that they was going to do it, that might speed it up even quicker and give somebody else an idea somewhere else. I just think in a nutshell, doing it is just shining the light on it and giving people even more ideas to how do we make the next one worse than the other one that already happened? I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. That's a nine to me. And let's be clear for our listeners. We are not discussing past shootings, but we are discussing on this episode to be clear that arm shooter drills and these drills are also causing, which we don't, we don't want to talk about, they're causing mental health issues within themselves. So imagine a, imagine a young child, let's say a second grader, first grader, sitting in class, and you think with fire drills, tornado drills, only teachers knew it was going to happen. So you're having the same drills, and you're eight, seven, eight years old, someone's coming in with guns telling you get down. 
that is a traumatic experience for a kid to ex- go through. And now we're reenacting it. We're 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 doing a, a play, a role play on it. What? So you're essentially role playing death, death. Let's call it what it is with kids. Psychologically, we're not thinking about the impacts of that. But as Lila pointed out in the very beginning, it is time to address the real issue. And I'm I'm not saying I do not believe. And I, I always say, in my opinion, because people love to jump on me. In my opinion, guns are not the issue. Mm-mm. Let me say it again. It's not gun control. It's the ones who have the guns that is the issue. With that being said, instead of doing active shooter drills, we need to start focusing on the mental health. And we love in this country to stereotype and to profile. We know the profile of a school shooter. Focus, like we profile everything else, Focus mental health. I don't know the training or mental health support interventions. No, we love to do interventions in school. Interventions on students who possibly fit that profile. And there's no secret who fits the profile. If you don't know who fits the profile, do a Google search. Google comes up with everything like Wikipedia. It does not lie. Absolutely. I mean, again, we're sitting here, we're ignoring the fact I think it's been more cases or you see more of these viral videos going out about the kids sitting alone and maybe one person goes and joins them and now they have a friend. We got those kids sitting alone at every single school, those kids being bullied at every single school, those kids that are dealing with trauma and neglect and abuse at home at every single school and they're not all being addressed. That is not to say that your school is not doing an adequate job of supporting students and addressing their needs. However, there are many schools. How many schools out there actually have school psychologists? Do they actually have support on campus? Not just once a week. Every single day where students are experiencing trauma or need assistance with anything that has to do with their mental health, they have somebody they can immediately go to. How many schools have that? You're you're not addressing the, the issue here, and that's the thing. When we think about schools, a lot of schools lack support personnel. I recommend if you're in a community with a school, just ask the administrator, "Do you have enough support personnel?" And when I say support, support personnel are your nurses, your mental health counselors, your school psychologists. Most schools don't have that. And that's why we have a lot of issues and schools cannot adequately address a lot of things. And then some will say, well, that's not related to academics. No, that is related to academics directly. So that directly impacts the academic component and interacting with other students. So we have to be mentally aware and stop listening to the media and stop listening to the same profile of people who believe we don't have an issue. It's it's always the same group who keeps convincing everyone it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Yes, the heck it is a problem. And I tell you what, if my daughter's school has an active scooter, I can't even get out. If they have an active shooter drill, we got, I got a problem with the school district. Because if you're addressing that, but you're not addressing the mental part of it and who we know is potential shooters, what are we doing shooter drills for? I don't even understand how we, well, 
we, the, I guess the powers that be, didn't even think about that aspect first. Like they immediately went to and said, oh, we need to reenact this in a school and to help get them prepared for one of these. Well, I, the people that are doing it or whatever they say is mental issue, right? So, I mean, we're not gonna even address, if you wanna say the elephant in the room, like you're gonna immediately go and say, let's go have an active shooter drill. Let's practice. Why are you terrifying kids? Like, I don't, I don't get that. I, I, I couldn't imagine it. Growing up in the, in the city, in the environment that I grew up in, if we had to do active shooter drills when I already knew my environment, was risky as it is and now I have to do a role play in case somebody comes in here and lights it up I there there's no way I I, I don't know I would be I would be fragile I'd wait be fragile. mom and dad I thought y'all was sending me to school to learn yeah right I, <laughs> some kids actually go to school to be safe safer than what they were at home at and home. now and now I'm going to school and you're telling me that I have Tons of stuff to fear at school now, too. <laughs> Crazy. It is, it is really sickening. And this is a short episode because it's honestly, it shouldn't even be a discussion. But it's, it's happening in more schools and more people are doing professional development on active shooter drills. This is a sickening thing. And I want to read a passage from an article who discusses what the, some of the things that should be done. And this article says, there's so much better uses for resources that go into these unproven, traumatizing active shooter drills. Think about this trauma, traumatic part. If you know someone who's been in the military, a lot of them experience PTSD, especially if they're in active war zones. So imagine you're essentially about to put students through this. But back to this article, in terms of protecting school children from the very small risk of active school shooters, the money would be better spent on hiring more counselors, as Lilo pointed out. More counselors might help with a far greater danger to American school children. Thinking about other things that students deal with on a daily basis, counselors within the schools can help with this, experts in the schools, and we have to Stop allowing the media to address this issue. Stop allowing NRA to address this issue. Stop allowing Fox News to address this issue. There are other, I don't even want to say expert, other experts. There are real experts on these issues that need to have their voices heard and be in power and control. Final thoughts on this issue of stop these stupid armed shooter drills. Address the issue. We've talked about teacher self-care and on multiple capacities. We need to talk about student self-care too, or just student care or whatever the case may be. Like we need to address the fact that people need more support. Our students need more support. These other individuals that are out here roaming around this world need more support. And we need to somehow find a way. You can find a way to target everybody else the the um Im immigration you could find a way to run into people's homes or pull people over and target them you could do that right how come we can't find a, a way to somehow target those that seemed mentally unstable and and figure out how to help them or assist them to be to that that is a preventative measure not 
let's go stop people in their vehicles or kick in doors because it, like, oh God, let me just, we need to prevent in a real way. Like Chris said, find the real experts. Uh, real simple. Uh, psychologically, mentally, emotionally, just think they do more harm than good. Point blank, period. Just think they do more harm than good in those three aspects. As we think about these armed shooter drills, well, I want to lead us to my favorite part of this episode, which is the inspirational moment being brought to you by none other than yours truly, Dr. Christopher J. Childs. And I want to build upon this armed shooter drills when I think about this inspirational moment. And I think about my current leaders. I think about my future leaders. I think about the ones who don't even know, but you are a leader also. It is time for new voices to lead our schools. And new voices need to be brought to the table, a diverse group of voices. Because what is happening, we have a cycle of the same voices keep doing the same crap year after year and systematically screwing over a majority of our students. Whether it's through inadequate funding, whether it's through not addressing English language learners, whether it's through diversity and inclusion, whether it's through a host of different things, we have to change who is leading the discussion and who is thinking about what it's going to take to bring about change. So I want to challenge on this inspirational moment, each and every one of our listeners, will you be that new voice? Will you be that new voice to truly make impactful change? Because the powers that be for so long have only made it so ones that look like them can win and succeed within our schooling system. The education gap has essentially been the same for the past 50 years. Why? Because the system was designed for only a sub, certain subgroup of people to continue to exceed. So stop getting out in this, we need more interventions. We need to do more of this with these black and brown and poor kids, because that's who they are. What we need is new voices at the table to redefine and reimagine what school should be, how it should be. So again, will you be that new voice? Because when that new voice comes to the table, they can adequately address this armed shooter stuff through, hey, we're going to focus on mental health cap counseling. New voices at the table can address the achievement gap because we're going to think about a culturally responsive curriculum. New voices at the table can say, hey, we, you know, our parents are not making it here to these different events. New voices at the table can say that's because the events are being held when parents are not available. They can rethink that whole paradigm of engaging within the community, engaging with the parents. New voices at the table can change the narrative and eliminate the achievement gap. Why? Because these new voices at the table have always been looking at the table. They've never been at the table and had the power to effect change. They've been excluded this entire time. 51% of students in today's U.S. schools are students of color. What does that mean? We need a greater population of people who are in positions of power that come from their lived experiences to help them take advantage of the educational system. Like, and I say help them take advantage because guess what? That's what other subpopulations have been doing for years and years and years. It is time for a new narrative. It is time for new voices. It is time for change as it relates to our educational system. Will you be a part of that change? What are you going to do? And I don't want to hear, you know, Chris, change takes time. Change does not take time. Change happens when people want it to happen. 
So it's your job to put that pressure on those to make it happen or get in a position of power to impact change. And you can stop with these stupid arm shooter drills, these lockdown drills, and address the issue that I'm going to put out there. Address the issue. Every person of color knows what the issues are. So if you don't know what to do, ask a person of color or ask a poor person. They know what the issues are. So who does that leave making decisions? What are you going to do to move to the side, let others come to the table and collectively work for a solution to what is going on in this world? As Michael Jackson once so eloquently said it, we can't eloquently state it. We can't make this world a better place, but it's going to take us working together. And we're working together with a shared power model. Don't bring me to the table for a checkbox. Don't bring me to the table and say, hey, I got my other voice. No, bring people to the table to authentically have power in the conversation and do what's right about these kids. I don't give a dang about all this other crap y'all talking about. I only care about these kids we serve each and every day. This has been the Inspire Educators Podcast. We want to inspire you. We definitely want to challenge you. And we definitely want to stir the pot because, God dang it, our kids ain't succeeding like they should. And we want to make it so ALL, all kids can succeed in this world. So we got. All right, fight the power. Out of here.